So, Kevin, if you remember very early in the uh, 2022 season, um, we were talking about some of the conversations you had in spring training about Kevin Gossman, with Kevin Gossman, with Pete Walker and, and, and folks around the organization, and kind of what happened to him in the second half last year. And the, you know, the folks in San Francisco thought that there was some that he was tipping some of his pitches in the second half of the year, and a lot of it had to do with his mechanics, and we kind of walked through that. So, Kevin, i got to ask you this. I saw some awfully comfortable at-bats in the first inning in particular. I saw some takes that we have not necessarily seen a lot against Kevin Gossman this year. Now, I'm, I mean, I'm not – well, yeah, I am a conspiracy theorist. You know that. <laughs> um, what do you think the odds are that if, if, if Kevin Gossman wasn't necessarily tipping pitches – the two guys, Winker and Suarez in particular, had a little something on them. Well, let's 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 look at, at the first inning there with uh, with a couple of hits in a row. You had the Crawford at bat with Frazier at second base. Uh, you had the like you mentioned the Winker, uh, the the split finger that he had the sack fly on with Ty France at second base. You had the Suarez at bat with the slider that was away that was really good pitch with Ty France at the plate. Uh, it just would make you wonder that maybe he had a little too much of an open glove. You could see him digging a little bit. You could see the grip. Uh, you could obviously see it when you're watching the TV that the glove's a little open. If I can see it, if fans can see it, you know the guy standing at second base can see it. And that splitty is, when it's moving, it was still moving tonight. Now, the fastball location for him wasn't the greatest. It, the velocity was up and down. Uh, occasionally when the velocity's up and down, he's not locating it as much. It just doesn't have the surprise that it normally has. And, you know, it needs to be in that 95-96 range for the split to be that much better, and occasionally he'll sprinkle in the changeup against lefties, and we know that he likes to win the, the occasional surprise slider to a right-handed hitter, depending on what the count is. I, I This is just me personally. I, I think they had a little something on it uh, I, just by the takes, by how easy it was when it left his hand. That That's the sort of the tale of, you know, they always talk about, and this is the time and the error that, that's the first thing that all these pitching coaches run in to look at to say, well, why are they mm-hmm. taking that best pitch? And you can tell just by the takes out of the hand. If I were the guy looking, that would be the first thing I'd be looking at. But, again, sometimes you've got to tip your hat to the opposing team. They did a good job of laying off those pitches, whether they had them or not. You know, it was all fair game. you got a guy on second base. He's got a wide-open glove. You can notice the grip. It's okay to do that. There's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. If they were doing that, good for them. They had quality at bats. They they worked his pitch count up. What did he have? He had 27 pitches in the first inning. That's not like him. And when you do that, you got a guy on the ropes. You take advantage advantage of it, and that's how you win games. Yeah, and of course we have to talk about the Blue Jays' offense as well. Yes, Kevin Gossman gave up seven hits, one walk, three strikeouts. Gave up his first home run uh, of the year, and uh, you know to. Cal Rally, which shouldn't happen. But anyhow, that's beside the point. He gave up the home run. Kevin, we've got to talk again uh, about the Blue Jays' offense, or more particularly the lack of offense. A um, couple of double plays by Vladdy. But to me, the, the, the play that – well, first of all, the mistake is inexcusable. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez getting picked off second base. That situation to me is, is, is a game-changer. Um, you know, you got an out, you got a man in first, and Teoscar's hit a double, and you're thinking, okay, maybe this is a sign of a little bit of momentum going here. We know Teoscar's kind of scuffling. And then tell me what you saw. 
on, on the pickoff. Well, I, I always I always tell you that, that you always have to do things on a baseball field, especially when you walk between the lines with your head up. You always got to be looking at where the ball's at. And for me, when Teoscar Hernandez, after the Alejandro Kirk swing through, I think that was the second pitch. It was mm-hmm. a breaking ball. He swung over it. And I saw Raleigh throw out the glove, like an open glove to Toro to basically say, I see the big lead. We're picking off right here. Next pitch. And if you're a base runner, and you're walking with your head up towards where the ball is coming from, you could have seen exactly what I was seeing. And that would make you a little bit more aware of what's going on. You could tell Toro was creeping in a little bit. He was cheating in towards second base. And it's just for me, that's one of those things where when it's a one-run game, it, that can never happen. I, I, I told you this. We had this big, long conversation on Blair and Barker today about running the bases. It's not a hard thing. You don't have to get a big lead. You can get a short lead and a big secondary lead. Teoscar Hernandez is a five-tool player. When you're a five-tool player, you don't have to get a big lead. Get a short lead to big secondary lead, especially when you're already in scoring position and you have enough speed that, you know, most balls in the outfield, you're going to score anyway because you're a good base runner, you're a fast base runner, and most of the time you get good jumps. Those things like that, there's no excuse for them. Like those, you know, winning teams, playoff teams, don't do things like that. And right now the Blue Jays aren't playing well, plain and simple. Jays lost 5-1 to the Seattle Mariners in the process, not picking up the opportunity to sweep. They have a day off tomorrow, and then the Cincinnati Reds come into town for a three-game set starting on Friday. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590 are the numbers to call tonight as we break down the Blue Jays' 5-1 loss to the Seattle Mariners and folks you can pretty much take this conversation wherever you want it to go you want to focus bigger picture you want to focus in on tonight's game kevin in addition to teoscar's mistake and and in addition to the the mariners having some pretty comfortable at bats uh against against kevin gossman any issues at all with the way the bullpen was used tonight now let me set this up jordan romano has a gastrointestinal uh situation and is on antibiotics. Now, he was in the dugout tonight, but we were kind of sort of led to believe that he wouldn't be available to pitch. We also know from Charlie Montoyo that several of the relievers were, you know, I don't know if I'd say code red or code orange, but, I mean, they were on watch because of the amount of work, you know, they've been putting in. I mean, frankly, Kevin, this was a night they needed to get, they needed to get seven or eight innings out of Kevin Gossman tonight. Now, that didn't happen. Any problem at all on your part with Trevor Richards coming out for another inning? But pro- pro- problem's a big word just because <clears throat> I, I, we Okay, obviously... let me rephrase it. Would Because I'm sitting up there thinking, I'm thinking right, this is a good opportunity to get Ryan Barucki in. Because, I mean, I, I've been... We've been talking about this is an opportunity for him with Tim Mesa getting a second opinion. This is an opportunity for Ryan Barucki. Okay, Let's see what you got here going out in this inning. That, the, the that, on, was, that was my thought. The only reason that would have made a ton of sense, Trevor Richards only thrown two innings one time. That was against Cleveland. That was like, uh, what, the, the 9th of, of May, I think it was, or the 6th, 5th of May, I, I believe it was. Uh, the only reason that I, that I would think that you might <clears throat> want to bring Ryan Barucki in is just because 8, 9, and 1 are all left-handed hitters. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and when you got left-handed hitters in with Ryan Barucki feeling real comfortable about throwing the slider, you know, he can fall in love with that thing when 
least throwing it for strikes, it's almost impossible to hit. Uh, again, I, I hate to come on here and say that I had a problem with that. I just sometimes, you know, it, it'll just because it's such a long season and, and the way the offense is going and the way they're trying to match up, do, do you want to go to the well? Do you want to push the envelope with one right-handed hitter because he has such a really good secondary pitch because of that changeup? That sort of eliminates – uh, left-handed hitters, but it gets back to his, right. his his heater. Lately, he's been getting hammered, and you notice the the Frazier hit was a fastball away that that went to left field, and then he gave up the homer that was right down the middle to tie France. I, for me, anyway, I think if maybe they had it to do over, maybe they bring Ryan Barucki in for the seventh inning. But again, it gets back to I'm just going by what I see. Mm-hmm. How many mm-hmm. times these guys have pitched back to back, and you got to figure just by knowing that Phelps, Garcia, Richards, Barucki, and Stripling would have all been available today. Just by going by, none of those guys have picked pitched back to back days, and they never, nobody all right. year has went three days in a row. So you would and have you got to got an off all, day, got an off day tomorrow. There too, you go. There you up. go. So you got to figure Garcia is probably going to get the eighth or ninth inning if they're winning. And then probably Phelps, you could throw him in there in the eighth or ninth inning, whichever way that is. I just would have would have thought because of how many lefties are coming up, Ryan Barucki would have been a great option for the seventh inning. But again, this is this gets back to your point. You would have loved to have seen your starter go a little bit deeper in the game, so it eliminates the <clears throat> the process of how many guys that you have to go to to try and bridge the gap to to your highest leverage guys. And I'm thinking the highest leverage guys today would have been probably. Uh, Garcia and David Phelps. That that would probably mm-hmm. be my choices, just because of the way they pitch and they've been there and done it before. And that's sort of you know the only options when when you don't have your your Jordan Romanos that you can roll to in the ninth inning. But again, it gets back to those quality at bats. I was listening to Caleb Joseph talk about, and I've mentioned this how many times to you. It's not mechanics anymore. Mechanics was the first month of the season. They're too far into the season now to, that it's uh, it's an excuse that you can use that it's mechanics, you're late, you're not getting started on time. It's not that anymore. I'll give you an example. There's a couple of bats that, that really stuck out to me. The first bat that Vladdy had, that he took a good breaking ball. Very first pitch, he walks to the plate, he gets a Marco Gonzalez-Tosi, a really good breaking ball, he takes it. So you're thinking to yourself, now, now I'm in a driver's seat, and then he throws him a changeup on the black away he has a little non-competitive swing. He rolls over something to the shortstop. What's wrong with 1-1? One, one? Give him a chance to hang you mm-hmm. a breaking ball. Give him a chance to throw a cutter down the middle. Something you get the head out, go back leg city on. So that's one of the at-bats. And then Teoscar Hernandez at bat with the bases loaded. Sort of just makes you want to scratch your head on. I get it. He's getting back. He's trying to get his feet wet. He's trying to get his rhythm and timing and wants to go, you know, level swing and, and get to the big finish like he likes to get to. But then you see the the – the at-bat. You followed the at-bat. He threw him a first pitch changeup, which he had a swinging strike. Wasn't even close to the strike zone. It was outside the strike zone. Even if he hit it, he wasn't going to hit it hard somewhere. Then he took, then he threw him a sinker for a ball, which which was which was a ball off the plate, and then he threw him another changeup. was like three or four inches off the plate, and he swung at it, and I think he ground out the shortstop. Those yes, are the at-bats that Caleb was talking about. Is It's not mechanics anymore. I get it. Teoscar is one of those guys who is still trying to find his way and get the foot down early so he can get to his big finish that he likes to get to. But until these guys, to a man, start having better at-bats and laying off that pitch and not being afraid to take a strike to allow that pitcher to either hang something or throw something down the middle that you can do damage on, it's going to continue to look like this, and it's not going to be good. Shlomo and Scarborough, I was wondering when somebody would – 
bring up this topic. I'm going to give the floor to you, my friend. Hey, guys. Yeah, I mean, usually Ross has a pretty good trade record, but I wonder if he's uh, regretting that Telez trade. Telez is exactly what they probably need right now and what they're going to look for. they got to look for somebody that they can buy low on that can over-exceed and put up the kind of numbers Telez is looking. He's got, I think, almost 30 RBIs now. George is the closest one with 21. It's crazy. Like, I don't know, guys. You might have to bring Dante Bichette back. Rewind time a little. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll let Kevin answer. I'll let Kevin answer first. Kevin. Okay, it's it's re- it's real simple for us to go. Wow, look at the Rowdy Tellez. Look how he looks in Milwaukee. He looks the way he looks in Milwaukee because he's getting a chance to play every single day and not DHing. You know, when he was here, he was trying to teach Vladdy how to play first base. He wasn't really trying to figure out who he was as a hitter. Uh, he wasn't really trying to to figure out how to be an everyday DH, which they don't even want him to be that here. So, you know, to to ask him to to stay here and be the rowdy Teles that he is in Milwaukee, I think's a bit much. You would love to see a big donkey hitting left-hander who could hit fifth in this order and do the things Rowdy's doing. I just don't know if that rowdy that we're seeing in Milwaukee would be the rowdy that would be here in Toronto. I'm not sure of that. Yeah, and, and Shlomo, I'm going to say this as well. Um, I think I was a pretty good trade for the Blue Jays, frankly, because uh, Trevor Richards has been a uh, been an asset for this team. Uh, I frankly, I would w- without him and Adam Simber next year or last year, they aren't where they are. I mean, if you think back to the tire fire that bullpen was when Ross made those deals, I mean that was that was a, that was a lifesaver. I mean, just ask ask Charlie, Pete, and John Schneider and Matt Bushman how important Richards and Richards wasn't in Simbers. Well, it's the same thing this year. Richards is going to be whatever happened tonight. uh, Richards is going to be, is going to pitch a lot of leverage situations for these guys. Sure. Perfect. Perfect world that you'd have that routage list in your lineup. But for me, again, it gets back to big picture and guys Mm -hmm. that you already have here until Vladdy starts having better at bats until Teoscar starts looking like that Teoscar we saw last year. Uh, until Lourdes Gurriel Jr. gets back, gets healthy, and starts having a little confidence, it's going to be a little tougher row for him. 416-870-0590, star 590, Keith in Halifax. Do you want to focus in on one particular at bat? Yeah, hi, good evening. Um, watch the Blue Jay game, and uh, like everybody else, we're having trouble scoring runs. And I want to go back to very, very something – People might not even remember, but Springer walked on the first as the first batter, correct? He walked on a 3-2? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, when Bichette came up, and I'm a Bichette fan, and I've played ball a lot during my life, but when the pitcher threw that first pitch to Bichette, he wasn't even in a hitting position. He just stood there. He wasn't interested in hitting the first pitch. So my question is, I can see taking a pitch – it's not your pitch, but standing there and not even be interested in taking the pitch, which was probably going to be strike one because the pitcher wants to get ahead after walking somebody. I think this is one of the problems. These guys are not in attack mode, and I think they've got to start swinging at that first pitch, especially when it's probably going to be the best pitch he's going to see in the at-bat. And as it turned out, it was the best pitch. He finally struck out on a ball down out of the strike zone. So... It's just I, I it just unnerves me to see these guys, especially that at bat. 
that was a good that was a good time to be on the attack. Score some runs, get these guys going. But he took he took strike one. Guy wanted to get ahead in the count, and all of a sudden he's you know the pitcher's at the advantage when he should have been ready for that ball. But the biggest issue I have with that is that he stood there straight up, not interested in even offering at it. So Keith, that's I want comment. you. No, I want you to hold on, Kevin. I want you to talk to Keith and because no, I mean, Keith, 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 Kevin played, so Keith, I'll let you guys go. That's a good eye by you. you sometimes I, I, I think Bo's a little in between on what he exactly wants to do at the plate. Sometimes he's a little too aggressive. You know, I, I, I think, again, it gets back to that, that passing the baton with the quality at bat. He sees his buddy walking. He sees a lefty on the mound who, you know, with his last start had a, a tough go at it the first couple of innings. You know, they do so much homework. They, they're trying to figure out what guys are trying to throw early in counts. But I'm with you. You know, you're sometimes, you know, not all the time, but I think – from the time you walk to the plate, and we all know Bo's a very aggressive hitter, but sometimes I think Bo gets himself out a lot. And that's one of those situations where maybe he was, you know, trying to, to get ahead in the count and, and maybe see a pitch. And it's just one of those situations where right now we're just trying to pick at every little single thing that they're doing. And, you know, that passing the baton with quality at bat after quality at bat just not happening. And, and and I think they're in between on the on the approaches that they want to have at the plate and when they're doing that it's 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 very hard to to uh to score a bunch of runs when you're when you're trying to have at bats like that. That's frustrating, well, isn't I, it, Keith? I, I it, it's it's frustrating, but the thing is and I think it goes right back to the manager, to Montoyo, you've got to get your, your hitters and they're in a hitting situation in that particular case. The guy walks a guy, he doesn't want to pitch to Guerrero as the third batter up. So you know the pitcher's going to come after him, the first pitch, the second pitch. But the thing that irked me was that Bobachet wasn't even crouched over ready to hit with the bat on his shoulders. He stood up straight. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. You may not remember that first I, I, pitch. I but do, that, yeah. It looked, really, it, looked like he, it looked like he didn't have any, any uh, inkling to even want to attempt to swing at it. He was taking it all the way as that sort of so pitch. So why, 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 why would you not say, okay, I'm, I'm probably going to get a fastball. Let me be aggressive here. The manager, let's be aggressive. Why take strike one and get yourself behind that bad in the count? Well, I, did, I do the – I do know Keith now that the the way guys take pitches and if they're wanting to be aggressive, that has nothing to do with the manager. Like that's an approach that the, you know, they got three different hitting coaches over there. They're going to have meetings before games on how to attack certain people. That has nothing to do with the manager. I, I know the manager's an easy guy to yell and scream at and throw your hands in the air. Why is he doing this? But when it comes to game planning and the approaches at the plate, that that has nothing to do with the manager. I, I like to, Keith, whenever I'm watching a game, try not to blame the coaches. Bl- blame the guy that's actually standing at the plate. That's the guy that, you know, has the bat in his hand. That's the guy that decides on whether he wants to swing at something or not. And, you know, it's right now these are these are easy at-bats to pick at because they're not very good. I'm just thinking that, that, that as a ball player um, and as a former ball player myself, uh, we're having trouble scoring runs. We need to ha- we need something to happen. It's the first inning, so let's go for it. Let's get on the attack. Let's go in the attack mode. Let's not just wait and get behind strike one, and then we're in defensive mode, and then we end up like he did, swinging at strike three, low in the dirt. So I would just like to see them more aggressive up there. That's and show they're aggressive. That's fair Good stuff, man. Appreciate the call. call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, and and that is. You know, we, we've talked about that. We talked about that in Blair and Barker, and Scott Service talked about it yesterday, uh, talking about there's kind of two when a team is scuffling, 
score runs, there's kind of two approaches you can take. And he said we kind of like to take the aggressive attack approach. But, you know, it, it's it's fine and dandy to say that. But, Kevin, as you, you, you know, you've mentioned, when when things aren't working for guys, sometimes you go away from strategy and you go back to kind of to what you know, right, what you are as a hitter. And that's human nature. I, I that's do, human I, nature. I do though know that Marco Gonzalez loves to throw his change up oo. Now, that may be the approach that the Blue Jays were trying to have early in the game is to not try and get themselves out, especially mm-hmm. early in counts. And that might be why you saw Bo. Again, I, I can't answer for Bo because I'm not between his ears. Right. And I have no idea what he's thinking. But I do want, know what Marco Gonzalez likes to throw. And maybe that was the approach they were trying to have. It wasn't a good one at the beginning of the game. I'm with Keach. You need to be aggressive on a strike. And I talk about this all the time. Get in an athletic position and swing at something you can do maximum damage on. You can do that. You're going to help your team win. But right now, it just doesn't look good. It's not a good look for him. 416-870-0590. Star 591 We're around for about another 20 minutes or so. So get those. I can't say get those fingers dialing. Get those fingers pushing buttons. Or if you're in the car... Use your voice activation to call us. It's Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Better get it down and singing. You've listened to Blue Jays Talk. I think they're fantastic. I, I, I like Blair and Parker. I like Parker a lot. Get it down and get it singing. Well, you, you better you better be ready to hit off Munoz. He's featuring a hard, hard fastball, a very tight slider. Oh, we appreciate the kind words from Caleb Joseph. It's nothing better than free advertising, Mr. Barker. Very nothing cool. better than free advertising. Very cool. It was cool. great. Enjoyed Caleb's call as uh, he sat in alongside Ben Wagner for, uh, well, I mean, the Jays took two of three in this series. And, um, yeah, well, I mean, they lost 5-1 tonight. So, you know, recency bias and everything, you can leave with a sour taste in your mouth. But... Um, I prefer to look at some of the other stuff we saw this series, and I thought there was, I thought there was some good signs um, offensively. And again, to me, that I mean, I know I sound like a broken record here, but you just, as long as the starting pitching keeps up and gives them a chance to win games, um, I, you know, if they start hitting even three quarters of what they should be hitting as a team, you, you do have to like this team's chances. But you know. It would sooner rather than later, boys. Like this would have been nice to get us started. It's gonna it's gonna start getting a, a little warmer outside. You're gonna have to go on the road. Guys yep. hitting offensively are gonna get, you know, a little bit better with everything they're trying to do at the plate and the starting rotation is not gonna be great all year and the offense is gonna have to start picking it up and and having some better at bats. I know it's a broken record, but man alive, that's just the same way you get out over and over. Marco Gonzalez is a solid pitcher. He's not a great pitcher. Yeah. Like you have to allow him, give him a chance to hang something so you can hit that baseball hard. And because you're a good hitter, good things will happen. Just not doing it right now. Now the bet three six five standings update with bet three six five. You can watch thousands of live games. Build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus. Play responsibly. Ontario only. Our nightly look at the American League East. The Yankees are 28-9. They won again tonight. They beat Baltimore 3-2. They're, they're They'll 9-1. They'll never lose again. Lesson. They'll never lose well, again. No. They're 9-1. and 
uh, in their last 10. They got a run differential plus 75. Whoa. Uh, already. And, uh, yeah, and they still got another game against uh, – uh, they don't have another game against the Orioles, do they? Yeah, they do. They've got another game against the Orioles. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, they got the Orioles coming up as well. The Tampa Bay Rays, they beat the Detroit Tigers 6-1. to They are 23-15, and five and a half back. The Toronto Blue Jays, 20 and 18, eight and a half back. Eight and a half out of first place already. Oof. And uh, the Boston Red Sox, they won tonight 5-1 against the Houston Astros. They're 15 and 22. The aforementioned Baltimore Orioles are 14 and 24. And the Seattle Mariners will be the next uh, opponents for the Boston Red Sox. They're probably... I don't. They won't be getting on the plane yet. They'll probably be getting close to getting into the bus to get to the airport tonight, uh, as they fly out to take on the Boston Red Sox. Chris in Ottawa, you're on Blue Jays talk. Thanks. Uh, just uh, one of the this these uh, last couple of games have uh, brought up some of the worst uh, problems. Um, there's. I'm I'm not a big fan of Charlie Montoyo because I I don't think he lets uh, pitchers go long enough, and as a result, you get the bullpen gets overworked. Um, Mesa is injured. Whether that's because of overwork or not, I don't know. But I just wish he would let pl- pitchers go a bit longer. And uh, as a result, because we've got guys like I mean I I mean Vasquez really has no business being in the major leagues as far as I'm concerned, and. Um, I just look at some of the people on the roster. Like Bradley Zimmer has what about three hits this year? Um, and he's, you know, the guy strikes out half the time. You know, he's in the Derek Fisher league in terms of uh, of how he. Except he hasn't any balls hit him on the head. I, Bingo! I just... You said it for me. Come on, man. I, you were, I thought you were giving me a fastball and setting it up for me, and, and instead you, you snatched it out. It was right there, right in front of me. And you snatched it away from me. But you're right. You're right. I mean, some of these guys, it's like, is this, I mean, Vinny Capra or whatever his name is. I mean, I never even heard of this guy. I mean, we're, you know, the people in the minors, um, I know you, sometimes you have to bring people up, but I mean, it seems like the roster um, in the past, they would have had people who we would have heard of who are really um, like real prospects. But as it is, they're just, well, I don't, I don't know, know where they're getting a lot of these people. I mean, I, I just wish. I don't think there should be 13 pitchers, frankly, on a major league roster. I think there should be maximum 10 or 11. You get five starters, five or six guys in the bullpen. And, you know, it would be nice to have, you know, if a complete game, and what the Blue Jays have had one, when was the last time they had a nine-inning nine complete game? Was it like yeah, five but years I mean, ago? But, Chris, you know, I mean, you're a good baseball fan. You know, that, that's that's not unique to the Blue Jays. I mean, that's that's just not unique to the Blue Jays. That's the way the game has gone now. That is the impact of analytics the whole third time through. You know, I'm I'm with you I, in that I would like to see a little more sort of, I hate to use the phrase gut call, but I'd like to see a little longer leash for some starting pitchers. But that's, I mean, I don't even, I, I'll tell you, I don't even look at complete games anymore. I don't even know why they bother having the stat because – it's just I don't even I never go into a night thinking I'm going to see a complete game. I swear to God, I I don't I I never I don't my expectations every time I go to the ballpark are that if the, is that if the starter gives me seven innings I've just seen a something 
you know, like like Halley's Comet or a Unicorn or something. I just I, I don't even expect the uh, a nine inning. But but to, but but to Chris's point, I think he's he's talking a little bit too with Kevin Gosman tonight. What did he have? Eighty five yeah. pitches. Uh, the five six seven was coming Thanks, up Chris. the next inning. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, there, there's. I know he's having a, a little tougher night than he's had all season, but he did only have like 85 pitches. I think that's what it was, 85 pitches. I, you know, they weren't real stressful other than the first inning. Uh, it was. I'm, I'm with Chris a little bit, but again, this gets back to we really don't know what's going on uh, off the field. We don't know how guys are feeling, who they can go to, who they feel exactly. comfortable going to. And again, with the offense not being any good right now. I'm going to say it like mm-hmm. it is. That's been any good. They're trying to piece this pitching thing together, together just to give them a chance to, to keep them around. Hopefully yep. that somebody at the bottom of the order is going to run into one because it's not the top of the order right now. They're not doing it. So, you, yeah, you know, it, it's it's a lot of wishful thinking when it comes to how do they piece it together long enough. Hopefully somebody on that other team makes an error, throws the ball away, does something to give us a cheap run so we can win a, and a you know, an, an ugly game right now. That's what yeah, and win an ugly games. And, and I wouldn't, you know, the whole I don't, I wouldn't spend a great deal of time worrying about Bradley Zimmer and 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 Vinny Capper to be honest, because you know Chris said in the past we'd have prospects up here. No, you wouldn't. You're not bringing prospects up to sit in the bench and to play maybe maybe once or twice a week. You, you're not. I mean, you're going to be getting another guy like Bradley Zimmer or another guy like Vinny Capper. You just are. And, you know, are they names? Eh, Bradley Zimmer, frankly, is, Bradley Zimmer is more of a quote-unquote name than some of the guys this organization has brought up in the past. It, it, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter. You're not bringing Gabriel Moreno up to sit in the bench and pinch it. You're not bringing Aurelvis Martinez up. I mean, you're not bringing Jordan Groshans up. You're, you're just not. And most organizations wouldn't do that. Again, that is not unique that is not unique to the Blue Jays. And and I'll keep repeating this. You know, all Bradley Zimmer is is a guy that can catch the ball in center field and a guy with decent speed. That That's what he is. He, he's he's nothing else. He's not – I don't even think he's a fourth outfielder. I think at the at best he's a fifth outfielder. And, and Vinny Capper's up here. I mean, there's option situations. And, you know, it, it's – I just don't – I don't get – I don't get carried away with sort of worrying about the bottom of the lineup or the bottom of the roster. It, to me, the only guy, once you get beyond the everyday players here, the only guy that in any way, shape, or form is going to figure for this team, Kevin, in the fall is, is Tapia. Zimmer won't be here. I'd be surprised if Zach Collins is here. I'd be surprised if Capra's here. Just don't waste your time worrying about it. I, I would be more worried about the top of the order. I'd be more worried about the Teoscar Hernandez's and the Vladimir Guerrero Juniors. The league's making adjustments to some of these guys. They're throwing a lot yep. more secondary pitches. Can they make adjustments? they got to hurry up and make those. Uh, we mentioned Lourdes Gurriel Jr. left the game tonight with a tight left hamstring. We have some, uh, we have some, some, some audio from manager Charlie Montoyo. Hey, Charlie, how was uh, Gurriel doing coming out? Tight hamstrings, and that's why we took him out of the game. Was he dealing with that uh, prior to this, or did it just come up today? No, he's, he's got – that happens to him once in a while. And so the trainer comes and says, yeah, you got to be careful because he could pull it. So that's why we took him out. And he just needs more testing sort of deal out of today? No, he doesn't. No? Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So it was a tight hamstring and uh, appears to be no uh, great concern about that. Probably more precautionary than anything. Another quick thing we should add as well. I know that Ben and Caleb covered it on the uh, broadcast. But just to reiterate – 
Tim Mesa is getting a second opinion, although we don't think it's a second opinion about surgery, which, you know, people automatically make that jump. Uh, Ross Atkins told us today that that essentially the diagnosis is the inflamed forearm forearm is located in the forearm. It is not it is not crept into the elbow. They're getting a second doctor to look at it tonight in order to prescribe uh, you know, a course of treatment. So they're, they're, you know, it was good, certainly good news in that part. I think better news, Kevin, than we thought when Tim Mesa went out. Fingers crossed. Excuse me. He's a, he's a great kid. He works hard, uh, and they're going to need every high leverage arm they can they can have, especially the way the offense is going and the way they're playing the game right now. It's, they're ugly games, and when you have some guys who can give you some quality innings, when you have the lead or to hold the lead. Or when in these big tight games that you're always playing here down the stretch, hopefully he can figure it out and come back stronger. Mr. Barker, thank you for doing this. Uh, Ten to noon Eastern tomorrow. Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the Fan, Sportsnet 360, and as always, wherever you get your favorite podcast, you can also subscribe to Blue Jays Talk. Don't miss a second of it. If you're up at the lake in the car, or whatever, you can subscribe to Blue Jays Talk. Please rate, review and subscribe again the final score tonight seattle five toronto one the jays have tomorrow off they're back at it friday the first of three against the cincinnati reds thanks for listening to blue jays baseball served by the always game ready jack links meat snacks feature wild side baseball fans